St. Leo 360, a 360 degree overview of the St. Leo University community. Welcome to another episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. Once again, my name is Greg Lindbergh, your host here with you. On this episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast, we are talking about the Bachelor of Arts in Sport Business program here at St. Leo University. And to help us do that, uh, we have a great guest with us by the name of Dr. Leon Mohan, who is an associate professor of sport business in the Tapia College of Business at St. Leo University. Dr. Mohan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So first off, uh, Dr. Mohan, just introduce yourself as far as your background and kind of what you did before St. Leo and then when you came to St. Leo and how long you've been with us. So I um, <clears throat> went to school at North Carolina State University and uh, received my undergrad actually in political science, which is interesting because I'm not doing anything with that degree okay. other than monitoring what's going on in politics today. But <laughs> um, I ended up doing a... a a internship with a law firm my senior year and realized, okay, I don't want to be an attorney. Um, ended up going into the master's of sport management program there. Um, and then that was around the time that the Carolina Hurricanes had just moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. So I was one of their very first interns in media relations. Um, after doing that, I worked in professional baseball as a scout for a couple of years. Uh, and um, the team, I worked for the Montreal Expos who ended up getting sold and Oh, wow. Ended up moving on. Yeah, um, ended up moving on to um, working in community recreation and travel and tourism. Before I realized that, you know, I want to go back and get a doctorate, and so ended up going back to NC State and earning my doctorate, and uh, ended up teaching there as well as North Carolina Central University and Texas A&M Corpus Christi uh, for a couple of years prior to coming to St. Leo. Uh, so this is the beginning of my sixth year at St. Leo here. Very nice. Definitely an interesting background. Yeah. Yeah, in there, I've, I've also worked in juvenile justice while I was doing my doctorate. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> you kind of had a taste uh, of everything. <laughs> yeah. Wow, very interesting. So then as far as this uh, this program, this sport business program, talk to me about when uh, we started offering it and kind of the reasons behind offering this type of program. So from, from what I gather in my understanding, the, the program uh, started out as part of the PE program. So it was in the PE department. Uh, and right around 2003, I think there was a more of a growth and emphasis on sport management. So that's when it moved into the College of Business. And at that time, they brought in um, a professor named Dr. Susan Foster. And she helped um, create not only the undergrad, but the Masters of um, Sport Management program. Now, right around 2008, I think it was, they changed the name to Sport Business, which for us in the industry is very important because we want to make sure that um, prospective employers understand that you know our students are coming with a business background, uh, and so that's it, it, where we're at now as far as we offer a, a undergrad in sport business, but then we also have an MBA 
uh, program that has a concentration in support business. Uh, when I talk about the, the focus on the business and being part of the College of Business and why that's so important, uh, we have what we call an industry council. And in the, on that industry council, we have professionals um, that work for each of the major sports teams in the area, so the Bucks, the Lightning, and the Rays. Um, we've got um, people that we have a gentleman that used to run one of the most historic arenas in, in the world, Madison Square Garden. Um, and then people that are pretty high up and in sports as far as in the Tampa Bay area. And so what the advantage that we have is we lean on them for advice with regards to developing our curriculum. Uh, and so we're able to be flexible and constantly change and offer different experiences, but also put them in touch and network with those individuals that are actually in the positions that the students want to get to. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I've noticed over the years of teaching, and I've been at a number of conferences, is that a lot of sport management programs are housed in, say, a health and human resources or um, a PE department or education department. And what employers want to hear is that the students come in when they're graduating with a business acumen, a business background. And so that's one of the things I stress to my students is make sure that you put that you're coming from the college of you know, business and that's where your degree is from. Gotcha. Very interesting. And that's that's just so amazing about those direct connections that we have to such big name sports organizations and the individuals with those you know just incredibly uh, powerful backgrounds and and whatnot and really a strength of this program. Yeah, and and you know I will tell you there and those individuals have been an immense help um, as far as the direction of the program. Um, I know a couple of us professors have implemented some of the things that they've you know, talked about into our classes. And in some cases, we've actually reached out to them to um, do projects for this. Hmm. So the students have actual realistic projects that they're working on rather than just sitting in the classroom and discussing concepts and topics. Yeah, that's wonderful. And we can definitely get into that in a little bit as far as specific examples and, and internship opportunities and whatnot as well. As far as the admission requirements, so what is you know required of a prospective student to, to be admitted to this bachelor's program? There's, there are no special requirements with regards to our program. It's um, basically the same as the university's admission requirements. Um, and so as long as they meet those requirements, then they're eligible to, to be in our program. I see. Easy enough. And then in terms of, you know, prospective students and students that you've, you know, taught that have gone into the program, talk to me about some examples of those students and is it primarily kind of the traditional age student or some adult learners and, and what kind of backgrounds and interests? Well, like I said, we have two programs. So we have our undergrad and we have our graduate program. So with the right. undergrad, um, they're traditional uh, students, traditional age, you know, just graduating out of high school. Um, we do get a lot of student athletes that um, come into our program because they kind of have that, um, already have that interest in sports. Uh, but we do get a lot of students that 
you know, might take a class uh, like our intro to sport classes from another major and or they might even be undecided and realize, hey, this is kind of interesting because what we have is we've got a course called Introduction to Sport Management and it doesn't go dig too deep into any specific area, but it gives students a general overview of different career opportunities and basically a broader perspective of the sport industry um, so that students kind of have an idea of, you know, what this field is about. And, uh, you know, so those students, they they come from anywhere. Um, we do get a lot of students from both. I have a, a class right now that's my into the sport management class, and um, I basically asked them where they came from, and they are spread out throughout the country, which is pretty interesting to me because normally I get students that are either from Florida or they're from the Northeast. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, they, they come from anywhere. And, um, you know, the thing that we always try to get them to understand is that, you know, you're going into a profession where you have to have a passion for it. Um, and that's a key phrase that we always use. You need to have a passion for this, this industry because a lot of times you might not be making the same amount as somebody who is doing an equivalent job in a different sector is making. But, and you're probably going to even work a little bit more hours because when you think about it, when the events happen and games happen, it's nights and weekends. So exactly. you might be working during the middle of the turn today during the week, but then you might have to work nights and weekends. You might be putting in 50, 60 hours um, and you're getting either the same or even less paid than somebody doing something similar in another sector. Uh, so we try to really you know, impress upon students. You really have to enjoy this, but you also have to, when you go into this industry, you can't be going into it as a fan. Um, and what I mean by that is if you're working in baseball and you're a fan of baseball, employers in the industry don't want to see you get caught up in, in the game. They want to make sure you're doing your job. And so it's kind of like a fine line of got to do your job, but I'm also kind of a fan. Um, and I have to have a passion for what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I think a lot of people probably go into it for, you know, with that fan perspective and may not necessarily have that passion for the business side. So that is a great, uh, a great point on that. Yeah, because when you get in there, a lot of times if you're working, you're not even going to be watching the game at all. Um, right. You're going to be looking at everything else but the game. So. <laughs> exactly. Yep. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes, obviously. Yeah. And then as far as the bachelor's program, that uh, is strictly offered on ground at university campus, correct? It is. Um, what, when I first started, we didn't have any classes that were offered online. And um, last year, I developed our first one that would be online. So our sport finance class is now being offered for the first time online this specific term uh, and now we're in the process of um, creating some more other some more opportunities for online classes the thing with those though it's not designed to um, take the place of on ground but offer more flexibility and so the reason why that 
flexibility is so important is that we get a lot of, like I said, student athletes and especially those that play in a spring sport. Um, you know, with the hours that they put in for their sport and everything else, um, giving them a little bit of flexibility to maybe take a sport finance online, uh, you know, is, would be more, much more beneficial to them is the way we kind of see, see it. But once again, the plan is to kind of, especially now that with COVID is changing the way we look at things, uh, starting to develop more of these online options, but not to take the place of the actual on-ground option. Right. I see. Interesting. And then in terms of the, you know, the, the credit requirements and everything, I would imagine it's a fairly standard, you know, bachelor's program uh, approach and requirement uh, in that regard. Yeah, it's, it's standard. Um, the, the one thing with our program is we don't have much flexibility with regards to electives that students can take. So I think in our program they have um, one free elective that they're able to take. But we have, we're, our program is accredited under COSMA, which is uh, the Commission of Sport Management Accreditation. And they have some guidelines and requirements as far as courses that need to be met. And so our curriculum is pretty much jam-packed with um, sport business classes that are required. So it doesn't give the students you know, much opportunity to take other free electives from other disciplines if they wanted to. Um, and one of the, the, the things that I noticed with this program base that's different than other programs I've been involved with uh, is the focus on experiential learning. And so with our curriculum, they start out uh, with the Intro to Support Management class, and then right around their sophomore year, they take uh, a class called Apprenticeship. And so this apprenticeship is basically they go and they work for a sports organization, and they work about five hours a week for the hmm. entire semester. And that's really to get their foot in the door, let them understand what it's like to work in a professional atmosphere. Because a lot of these students may not have had a part-time job in high school. They may not have worked or they don't understand anything about working in a, even a sports organization. They played the sport. They've never seen the behind-the-scenes stuff. Right. And so that five hours is, is designed to kind of get their feet wet. Once they're done with that, they can later on uh, take a class called practicum, which is basically the same class, but they make, now they work 10 hours a week, so they're getting a little bit more experience. That's a, an elective that they can take. They don't have to. Um, once they're done with all of the coursework, the very last thing that they're required to complete is uh, an internship. And that internship is uh, 12 weeks long for 40 hours a week, so they have to complete 480 hours. It's basically a full-time job. <clears throat> wow. One of the things that we do, um, which I think is very valuable, is we go out and we visit our interns while they're at the facility. And you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback from the supervisors in how, and I'm not just saying this because I'm biased, but how great our students are. And it's partially because they are doing 40 hours where some internships only require 20. So our students tend to take it a little bit more serious 
because they know it's a job. And then the other thing that, you know, I've heard a lot is that they haven't seen supervisors or faculty come out to the, to the sites. So when I go out, they're kind of impressed that we take the time to do that. Now, the other thing I think that happens because of that is the student knows that, hey, Dr. Mohan or Dr. Williamson or Mr. Hallam, they're coming to check up on me, so I better do a good job because, you know, my grade is dependent on this. Right. And so that's, that's kind of the final thing that they do. Once they're complete with that, they do this portfolio that basically goes into almost every aspect of the organization, such as the history, how do they do marketing. It basically ties in everything they've learned in the curriculum, and now they put it into reality, into a paper based on where they just worked. And then they do a presentation on it. Wow. That's great that they get such a, a broad scope and, and, you know, just like you said, the experiential learning and especially that apprenticeship early on in the sophomore year that you mentioned, I find that very, very interesting. And that's, you know, like you said, just getting your feet wet early and knowing is this right for me and kind of really honing your skills early on. Yeah, it, it, it's really important. And, you know, I, I was even talking to my class today about, um, and I asked them, you know, do you know what you want to do when you graduate? And a couple of them thought they did. And most of them didn't. I said, that's okay. That's what you're here for. You're here to figure it out. And that's what this curriculum is, is designed to help you figure out what area of sports might interest you going forward. You know, because you got to think, you know, I think there's so much pressure on, that's put on students as they go into college, you not you have to know what you want to do. But how does a 17, 18, 19-year-old know what's out there, you know? Yeah. And so that's where that experiential learning kind of ties in. Exactly, yep. And then I also understand that there are uh, some areas of focus and in terms of, you know, minors and, and tracks, if you could speak to just about, you know, some of those specific areas and, and what students can really focus on in this program. So we do have a, a sport marketing minor um, where students could take a number of additional marketing classes as, long, as well as the marketing class that I teach. Um, and, you know, I, I get a lot of students that are interested in marketing and they, they decide that, hey, that's what we want to do. Those students tend to be from maybe another major. Uh, what I get is a lot of marketing students that's whose major is marketing, um, decide that they want to take a sport marketing minor in some of our classes that we have, such as the sport marketing class. Um, another one that we have is the sport event facility management. And so that is a minor that's going to really focus in on, you know, operating facilities, um, administering events, a lot of event planning. Um, and so they, those classes are designed to help them, you know, students in that area. And then we, as a department, are tied with hospitality. And so, you know, hospitality and sport management are, you know, very intertwined in the stuff that they do. And so you get a lot of a number of students that might have that interest in um, whether it be the food and concessions that you have at a sporting facility or the guest services aspect of running an arena. Uh, those types of things. So we do offer those three minors that students, uh, you know, might take advantage of. 
with regards to the undergrad program. Now, we haven't really talked about the MBA uh, program, but the sport management or sport business is a concentration um, that we get a lot of students uh, look at. Uh, and so with the sport business concentration in the MBA, we have a legal issues course, sport marketing, sport finance. It pretty much mimics our undergrad curriculum um, with a number of the courses, but it's just taking it at the graduate level and the concepts, the topics are at a higher level of thinking and, and processing. I see. Yeah. And I would imagine we do have, you know, a fair number of students who do, you know, complete the bachelor's program and immediately transition into that MBA in sport business as well. Yeah. And, and I will tell you, the students in the MBA, you know, they tend to be on one or two sides of the spectrum. I get a number of students that are graduate assistants. So they're graduate assistants in our athletic program. And so they, they like to do that. And then I get a lot of students that are either in the middle of their careers, they're or looking for a career change. We get a lot of students that are in the military um, that are looking at going into sport business once they're done with their duty. Um, and so, you know, the spectrum is kind of broad when it comes to who is in that MBA program. Gotcha. In terms of the faculty, uh, I guess we could even speak about, you know, both the undergrad and grad programs on this one. Talk to me about the backgrounds of our faculty and, and their availability. And I know, you know, from what I understand, we have quite a, a wide uh, variety of faculty from so many different backgrounds with such a tremendous, you know, wealth of, of different experiences. Now, with the MBA program, we have, yeah, we have a wide array, array of faculty um, that teaches those courses. Once they get into the concentration courses in the MBA program, which is for business, the two professors that teach those courses are myself and Dr. Williamson. And um, Dr. Williamson teaches, I believe it's the event management course uh, and the legal issues course and the foundations course in, that pro in the program. And I teach the sport finance and sport marketing course. Uh, so we are the, the two that teaches in that MBA program. Now, when we get to the undergrad, we have uh, Mr. Hatlam, who is um, a third professor in the program, and it's the three of us that teaches to teach all the courses in the sport, sport business um, undergrad. We did have um, Dr. Foster, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, she retired, I believe it was last year. Um, maybe, I think it was last year she retired. And so... Um, now, you know, the curriculum is kind of, you know, taught by the three of us. Uh, Mr. Hatlam has been here for, I think, over 10 years. Uh, he teaches the sports sociology course. We have a senior seminar, which is basically preparation for the internship class. Uh, and he also teaches uh, a governance class, sport governance. Uh, Dr. Williamson, her areas of expertise are going to focus on event management, facility management. She teaches an intro to sport management course and um, 
Export Sales is another big one. And that's a really important course that I do try to tell students. It's not required, but we try to tell students the importance of that. Um, because one of the things we gather from the experts in the industry is that they want people who know how to do sales, regardless of what position they're in. Because at the end of the day, it's about selling tickets or bring, getting people to buy your product. So, yep. um, you know, those are her areas. And then my two main focuses are going to be support marketing uh, and support finance. I see. Very cool. And I think, I believe Dr. Williamson has been here for about eight years. So, you know, Mr. Hadlam has been here the longest. Um, then Dr. Williamson had eight years and me going on six. Gotcha. And I would imagine, you know, the faculty, the, the ones you mentioned, and, and yourself, obviously, as well, are, you know, very available, and we definitely pride ourselves on the small class sizes and the availability to the student whenever they have a question or need any kind of help. That is, that is one thing that I've thoroughly enjoyed being here at St. Leo. You know, when I taught at, uh, say, NC State, I had a class of, I think, 80, 85 students in there. And I couldn't tell you anybody's name with the exception of people in the first two rows, I would say. Right. Uh, whereas here, I have a class of, say, uh, 14, 15, no more than 25 students. And I'm able to get to know their names within the first couple weeks, um, get to know their, you know, the, their favorite teams. What is their interest as far as you know, area of sport that they want to go into. And why that's so important is you know, getting to know their team helps to develop their relationships. So I could joke with a student who's a Cleveland Browns fan about why your team is so bad, but it helps that relationship that you have where they feel more comfortable with you. Um, and that's one of the great things about sport. It allows you to do that. Now, getting to understand what area of interest and opportunities that are out there, you know, once I get a student who tells me I want to go into working in sport marketing, now, you know, my mind is thinking, okay, what connections do I have? You know, who can I put this person in touch with, um, you know, and get them some of that experience, whether they, as simple as doing a shadowing experience where they follow them for a day. Um, but it's really, you know, I let the students know that all three of us have very broad network. We know a lot of people in the industry. Now it's your job to let us know who you are as students, what you're interested in, and you to take the initiative to come to us and tell us, hey, I'm looking to do sport marketing. What advice can you give me? What help can you give me? And once they do that, any one of the three of us are more than happy and willing to help them out and lead them. Um, but we want to see students take that initiative. Because once they graduate, they're not going to be able to hold their hands, uh, right? And guide them, you know, through everything. So, yeah, that's great and very well said. And just like you said, as far as the career guidance and being able to work one on one and really getting to know that student so well is just yep. so valuable in so many ways. And, and what I'll, I'll add to that is, you know, with the three of us, we've all worked in sports at one level or another, whether it's in college athletics, whether it's in community re re uh, recreation, professional athletics, all three of us have developed, you know, that a huge network. Not only that, 
but we've taught students who have gone into these areas. And so, so a lot of times students will reach out to us and say, hey, do you have an intern that, or somebody that's looking to get involved in this area of sport that's looking for an internship? Um, and so at such a small, at a small university with such a small class, it allows us to have those relationships that honestly, at the bigger universities, you lose that. You just don't get that. Exactly. Yeah. Let's uh, dive into, uh, you know, as, as far as I know, we briefly touched on it earlier, but as far as those connections to, you know, the local sports organizations, teams, and, and some of those connections and, you know, what opportunities do students get, uh, you know, through this program as far as that experiential learning? Well, one of the things, I'll give you an example of something that I did. This was before we became the um, exclusive partner, education partner of the Bucks. I think it was actually the year before that happened. Uh, the Bucks hired, I believe, a new VP of marketing, and um, she and I got into contact uh, through somebody that's on our advisory council. Uh, so someone on our advisory council reached out to them and said, hey, I have a professor that teaches marketing that would like to do some work with, with us. And so we got in contact, and next thing you know, I had my students meeting at Raymond James Stadium in one of their big conference rooms. Students, they were just impressed to be there and sit and watch looking out the window and how nice you know, just being in that setting was. Right. But the purpose was for them to get in touch with somebody that's actually in a position they might want to be in. Now, the other part is the Bucks wanted, one of the things that they struggle with is getting millennials and college-age students into their seats and becoming fans. They realize that most people that are, they come to the games in this area are probably fans of another team because we're such a transient town. But what they wanted to at least make it so that the Tampa Bay Bucks was, would be their home favorite home team. So it's kind of like your secondary team. Yep. And how do we go about doing that? And so the students just sat there and came up with a bunch of ideas that really kind of impressed, um, you know, their marketing team. Mm. And, over the entire semester, they started working very closely with the Bucks, And so it got to the point where each one, I divided the class up into groups and each one of them had something specific they were working on. And they had a, a, a somebody they were supposed to communicate with specifically in the Bucks marketing department. And I kind of just at that point stepped aside and let them take the lead. And while still monitoring what's going on next. And so what ended up happening is, you know, they put on this huge event where the cheerleaders, the mascot, they all came out to the university. They were right in the middle of the courtyard there, giving away stuff, handing out um, all kinds of merchandise and getting people to sign up uh, to be part of, I guess, some kind of email list that they had going on. But also, educate our students on the fact that there are student ticket discounts that a lot of our students didn't know about. Um, they also came up with an idea of doing some kind of a tailgating competition between the universities at a um, Bucks game. And so the Bucks afterwards, they were very pleased with what ended up happening and the way we 
uh, we went about, or you know, what the students did and their ideas uh, with regards to it. So they implemented some of the ideas that came out of this class. Wow. And for the students, it was great because they got to see their work actual actually become reality. And um, that's the kind. Those are the kind of experiences that we want. Now, beyond that, you know, with the marketing class, they they're required to do a marketing plan. But they're required to go out into the community, identify a business, work with uh, somebody in that, the marketing person for that business, and develop a marketing plan. So for the businesses, it's great because they're getting a lot of information from the students, whether they use it or not, but it's at very least free information that they wouldn't have gathered. They may not have gathered on their own. Um, and so those are the kind of things that they do. Unfortunately, this year, um, I'm not requiring them to go out and work with a business. They've got to do it outside of working with somebody specifically because of COVID. Uh, and so that's kind of like a marketing class. The business support finance class, we, they're required to do a business plan where they meet with a small business owner in sports in the area and just kind of go through what that process is like to do a business plan. Uh, in addition to that, one of the assignments that, they're working on right now that's pretty cool is um, they're investing in the stock market and so with businesses when you have profit one of the things you might want to do is invest in other areas and one might be in stocks um, and so they're learning that whole process which the way I, I teach that class is I teach it from the standpoint of these are some skills you need to know whether you're in sport or not so we talk about 401ks and um, stocks and budgeting and everything else. Dr. Williamson, I know she does in her event management class, they go out to a facility um, and I think they do an assessment of the facility, but they also uh, plan events and they administer those, those events. So, you know, students get quite a bit of experience, not just, you know, those classes that we talked about as far as internship and apprenticeship, but actually their projects in the classroom uh, requires them to get in touch with people in the sport industry. In addition to all of that, they're required to do a number of volunteer um, assignments. So I know it's kind of contradictory volunteer, but it's required also. Right. Uh, but we are, when the Bucks usually have their games, uh, Century Services does the parking for them. Uh, and our students, I think it's the, the security actually. And so our students will usually go over there and they work for Century uh, Security and they work the, you know, kind of the premises for them. So they're getting an idea of what that scene, what that's about. So, and that's just one of the many opportunities that always popping up. We get emails asking for volunteers to do all kinds of events, uh, whether it's a 5K. Uh, something at Emily, there's a number of different things that we come across our desks that we uh, send out to students to get out there. Right. Very nice. That's such, that's, that's just so neat. You know, just like you said, sitting in that conference room of an NFL football team at their headquarters and working with, you know, the individuals in leadership roles and you really can't beat that, that practical experience. Exactly. 
In terms of the goals and the outcomes of this program, uh, how would you kind of sum up, you know, what what do you hope students really walk away with, uh, you know, kind of in general? You know, for me personally, you know, what my hope is that they have a better understanding of the sport industry um, and all of the opportunities that are out there with regards to sport. I, a lot of times, if we do have students, when they come in, they might be so focused in, I want to work in professional baseball. I want to work in the NFL. But they're not aware of all of the other options that are out there. If you think about it, you know, if you want to be the sport marketing director for an NFL team, there's only 30 jobs. Uh, so, you know, my hope is that they have an understanding of what this industry is about. Um, and they've developed the skill set as well as the experience after going through the four years here or some five years uh, throughout this program that they're prepared to represent the university. And so that's what I always tell them is that when you get out there, you're not representing only yourself. You're representing the university, but you're also affecting future students who might want to enter into this same area and might even be looking for a job in the position that you're going to be at. Um, so kind of, you know, the overall objective is that they're well prepared to succeed in, in sports. Uh, and even if it's not sports, you know, you know, some students like myself, when I was an undergrad, you know, whatever it is that they choose, they've taken whatever skills that are transferable from the sport program into whatever area that they can. Right. Very well said. In terms of, you know, how common sport uh, business programs are out there within higher education and, you know, just talk to me a little bit about that. And then how would you say, you know, in general, does this program separate itself? I know we've talked about, you know, the, the practitioner-based experiences and, and, you know, obviously the small class sizes and anything else that you want to add to that. Well, with regards to sport management, sport business, which are, you know, kind of utilized one in the same, uh, it's a very big area in that I think there's, you know, I think last time I saw it was over 140 programs just within the U.S. Hmm. Um, and so when you look internationally, there are programs all over the world that, are, that have sport management uh, majors in it. Uh, the other thing about it, too, though, is kind of like I tell my students, is you're not just competing against other sport management majors. You have people in other disciplines that are competing for these jobs in sport. Uh, so the sport industry as a whole is very, very competitive. And the number of programs out there has continually increased over the years to where it's, in some cases, one of the more popular programs at those universities. Um, so that's that's something that, you know, students need to be aware of. But it's exciting because, you know, it's no longer thought of as, okay, it's PE. People, I think, are starting to realize this is a business. The only difference is there's more of an emphasis on sport. And there are some other minor differences as far as, like, how they generate revenue and marketing. But... At the end of the day, you're running a business, 
And as you can see with just professional college, even youth sports, generates billions and billions of dollars. Um, and so, yeah, the landscape with regards to programs out there is, like I said, is continuing, I think, to grow. And um, enrollment in those areas are probably going to continue to grow. Gotcha. Then what differs, um, you were asking about, you know, I would say when I look at the programs that I've been at and I look at the programs that you know, I'm familiar with out there, the small class sizes, you know, so that interaction with your professors, um, the, the advisory council that plays such a big role in what we do, also our location, even though we're not directly in Tampa, we're close enough to where we have the opportunity to work with all these professional teams. And not only just those three, but there's a lot of other sports um, opportunities in the area. So like Florida Sports Coast, we've got a new uh, Wiregrass campus that's going to be housing a ton of youth athletics. Mm-hmm. We've got a new tennis bubble. So, you know, the opportunities for students once they come here, you know, they're kind of limitless. There's tons of stuff that they could do. Whereas some of these other programs might be in an area where there aren't that many opportunities. Um, and so that's, that's another advantage that I would, I would definitely say that we have um, over others. And now that we're, we're starting to put more classes online, uh, that flexibility, um, you know, it's, it's something that is going to be newer to us, but, I think that's something that if you're looking at a program that doesn't have that, you know, that flexibility is something that students want these days. Yeah, very true. And just kind of thinking, you know, out loud, I know you mentioned as far as location and you think of a lot of universities, colleges, you know, they're in the smaller college towns far away from say the, you know, the professional sports teams. And so that's, that is a huge perk, you know, enrolling in this program. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'll give you that perfect example. When I was down at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, um, I think the closest sports team was San Antonio Spurs, which was about two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at NC State, the only professional sports team is uh, the Hurricanes because the Carolina Panthers are two and a half hours away. So, right. you know, even the big universities, you know, like you said, a lot of times they're in small college, small college towns, whereas we're right here and there's so many opportunities that for these students. Exactly. And whether it is the Tampa Bay market, Orlando, you know, South Florida, Jacksonville, I mean, they're all, it's, it's all, you know, fairly close relatively. Yeah. So there's so many, yeah. so many opportunities there. And, and, and even if you think broader than just the professional sports team, you've got the college sports. We've had, a number of students go to USF and work in their athletic department. Um, but also, think if you think about Disney, they've got a whole sports complex over there. We've got an IMG Academy not too far that's down in Bradenton. So, I mean, the list could, I could keep going on and on about <laughs> opportunities here. But, oh, yeah. you know, that's, as a student, that's exciting and something we try to impress upon them to take advantage of. Exactly. Yep. And then as far as specific roles that one could attain, you know, upon uh, completing this degree program, the bachelor's degree, 
Can you give just kind of some examples of, of you know, titles of roles and perhaps even examples of or alumni that have gone on to certain roles? Um, well, there, there's tons of them. There's in the professional sports, whether it's, um, you know, with the Bucks or the Lightning or the Race. Or, so we have one, I think there are three alumni that work for the Buccaneers. Um, I think one is the client services representative or guest services representative. Um, we've got one that's in sales, ticket sales for the race. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, we've got a student that works for the Orlando City Football Club. Um, I'm not sure what his title is. Uh, we have one that was hired on to work for Iron Man. And he does, I believe, the marketing for them. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else, who else. We had one that was hired by MGM. Um, another by Lairfield um, Sports. Uh, so, you know, we have them all over the place. Uh, as far as titles and, and jobs that you would get by graduating with this degree, uh, you could work... I mean, you could be the marketing manager. You could now a position that's being created is social media positions. True. So you might have be a social media um, manager for the marketing department of a team. Uh, you know, I kind of rather than go through the specific job titles because there's so many, I kind of go over the areas. So professional sports, college sports is a big one. Um, and I was actually talking to my students today about this and that. There are over 1,100 Division One, Two, and Three programs out there, and all of them need people that work in equipment, an equipment manager, a ticket manager, um, sports information director, marketing manager. You know, those are all things that you can do um, by getting this degree. So the opportunities, you know, from colleges out there. In addition to that, youth sports is a forgotten area that. These student, students don't really think about a lot. And if you think about pretty much every city has a parks and recreation program and has an athletic program. Those are opportunities that students could get involved with. So maybe being the athletic director for your local parks and recreation um, organization and coordinating leagues and those types of things. Um, and so you just, just imagine how many of those there are. Uh, you could also work in, um, and this is where the tie-in with travel and tourism comes in, uh, destination management organizations. They usually have a sports commission or they might have um, a section within their DMO that focuses in on bringing sports to the community. So their real job is marketing. I actually just had a student that I was talking to today about you know, doing an internship possibly with Florida Sports Coast, who's focused then on um, Pasco County and bringing in youth athletics to the area. Hmm. So, you know, the, the jobs, I mean, there are tons of them out there. The key, though, for students, one big thing is they have to be willing to move around. And so if you want to, um, you know, live in Florida, work in Florida, be in the Tampa area, you're limiting your opportunities. You've got to be able to move all over the place and broaden your horizon. If you want to do marketing, 
you know, you don't have to do marketing for the Buccaneers or an NFL team. Marketing is marketing regardless of where you're doing it. It's a lot of the fundamental concepts are going to be the same. So if you broaden your your horizons to other areas, your opportunities are going to be, you know, much greater to find a job. Exactly. All great points. Yeah. I did want to uh, ask you about the COVID-19 pandemic and, you know, its impact on sports. Obviously, for a while there, you know, a lot of sports were not playing, you know, specifically pro college sports. And what uh, what do you think, you know, just in terms of your personal observations, what kind of effect has this pandemic had on, you know, the sports industry in general? And what's kind of your, you know, your projection, your your outlook on kind of how this will all unfold well the whole the whole thing with the COVID I think one thing I think I've I've come to the conclusion about is that nobody knows what's going on with COVID because (laughs) it seems like things are constantly changing um, right with with regards to guidelines and what we're supposed to be doing um but with you know one of the things I think people are going to be more cautious about um, are going to sporting events because you are sitting next to so close to people, um, and I think what the key for facilities is, you know, how to help people be safe. You know, so you know the way that they operate might end up changing, like making sure that you have hand sanitizers all over the place. Um, I don't think that they're ever gonna. You know, once we get back to normal, I don't think it's going to affect necessarily, you know, how close you sit to people. I think people are going to want to get back out there. I think people are going to have cabin fever. They're going to want to get out there and enjoy their sports. Um, and so I'm not sure long term how it's going to affect, you know, sports with regards to fans going and attending. What I would say is, how it's affecting things now, all you have to do is just turn on the game and you can see all the empty seats. That's a lot of lost revenue right there. Um, And one of the things that I think teams need to be, need to probably look at is how do we raise revenue in other areas um, to make up for some of this lost revenue. And so I I give my marketing class this perfect example. You know, I watched the opening day of baseball. I'm a Yankee fan, so they're playing the Nationals. And you couldn't help but notice the seats in the back all had Delta on there. And so that's sponsorship dollars that's coming in that a lot of these other teams aren't taking advantage of. Um, So I kind of just, you know, I like to, in the market class, throw out some creative ideas. What if you had sections within the arena on the seats where where businesses could buy sponsorship space? So it's maybe just a little, you know, Delta sign on there. Yeah. Because at the very least, the people that's in the arena are going to see it. Um, and so being creative on how to generate revenue is something that sports organizations are going to have to figure out at, at the very least over the next year. Because I think they're saying now, you know, we won't get back to normal till middle of next year at the very earliest. Um, and so you got to think that's a lot of lost revenue just by the, the ticket sales, the parking revenue, um, food and concessions that 
generating any money off of um, because of COVID. Um, and so those, you know, that's how I see it kind of affecting things right now. Uh, even the sports bars, if you think about it from that standpoint, a lot of every Sunday, you know, sports bars are usually packed. I would yeah. imagine that they're getting hit um, with people not wanting to come out and people watching the games at home. Uh, so it's just kind of interesting to, to watch this whole thing, in my opinion, kind of unfold, um, you know, with the COVID. Yeah. And I don't know if that really answers your question, um, but it's just so hard to, to kind of project, you know, what it's going to look like, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's that's very well put. And I think the bottom line, you mentioned, you know, creativity and just in anything we do in our lives, we've had to be creative in how we do things that we would normally do a certain way, but can't. And I think that concept can be applied to, you know, the sports industry and across all industries, really. Yeah, it's even, I mean, with us in the classroom, it's affected the way we teach. Um, and you know, for many of us, it's been quite an adjustment um, with, you know, how we teach our classes. So, you know, it's, it's definitely affecting all, I'd say all aspects of, you know, kind of our normal life. Exactly, no doubt. All right, and then to wrap up here, I did want to mention that uh, if anyone is interested in learning more about this program, you can check the show notes of this episode. Uh, you can also visit stleo.edu and just search for Sport Business on the website and, and find a lot more information on the program. And uh, so, Dr. Leon uh, Mohan, really appreciate your time here on the St. Leo 360 podcast, and uh, thanks so much for everything. And thanks for having me. I, I appreciate you um, inviting me on to talk about our program. Absolutely. Alrighty. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye now. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877-622-2009 or visit stleo.edu.